I'm going to read, I'm going to read a couple of uh, verses here from Deuteronomy. Um, verses 4 uh, and 5. Now, uh, chapter 6. And I'm reading from the ERV, which is, is kind of a conversational uh, translation. Listen, people of Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is the only God. You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It doesn't sound like it's a big couple of verses, does it? But you're supposed to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And I'm not going to get into it, but I want you to think about what that means. Because the way that you do that is the way that your relationship goes with God. This morning, the message is on prayer. And prayer is an important part of how we relate to God. Many religions recognize the need for prayer. But what does the Bible say about prayer? Does God hear all of our prayers? Do some people get special access to God? Is there a prayer technique that will get me what I want? God's Word, the Bible, answers these questions and also gives us guidance as we struggle with tougher questions such as, why didn't God answer my prayer? Why should I pray at all? Well, let's take a look at prayer and what it is. At its base, prayer is talking with God. And immediately in our mind, that means that we go to God and we pray and ask for things and praise him and then we move on. But actually prayer says we talk with God. When you talk with your friend or you talk with your husband or your wife or your children, when you talk, don't you stop and listen to see what they're going to say so that we can conclude that communication fully? We can pray alone, we can pray in a group, we can pray, pray silently, we can pray out loud, we can use a written prayer, or just be spontaneous. All of a sudden, the Spirit moves us and we pray. But to be in prayer is more than just speaking words. Scripture portrays a life of continual prayer. You know, pray continuously. And you think, I can't do that. I have a life. Right? I mean, think about it. But that means to have an openness toward God in all that we do. Every second of the day, each day. 1 Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. Our entire life should be prayers to God, exhibiting the praise and the love of our Creator and Savior. And there's three things to know before you pray that will make your prayer more complete. God cares for you. Because of God's unfailing love for us, we can bring anything and everything in our hearts to God in the prayer. Prayer is a safe place of trust. Psalm 52.8 says, But as for me... I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. 
I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. First Peter says, Cast, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you don't believe God cares for you, then you may not be praying properly. Isaiah says, O people of Zion, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. God answers our prayers. First Peter again says, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. If you don't believe you're important enough to God that he hears your prayer, then you might not be praying correctly. You can pray with confidence. You don't have to be a prayer giant, or we call them prayer warriors, to come confidently to God in prayer. As believers, we are all equal to approach God because of our unique standing in Jesus. Ephesians says, In Jesus, whom we have boldness and a confident access through faith in him, it says, through Jesus, we can go to God anytime, any place, anywhere. So why do we pray? And that's a good question. Why do we pray? The other question is, why don't we pray? But we won't go there. We're going to go with, why do we pray? Prayer is very important. The Bible instructs believers to make prayer a high priority. God wants to hear from his children. First Timothy says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. And then verse 8 in that at the same chapter says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. He wants men to pray. Now why would he put men in that verse? I think he put men in that verse to remind men that we are What? Spiritual leaders. Now with that being said, maybe we should think about that, men. Colossians says, or Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it, and with an attitude of thanksgiving. It's important for us to remember. We have to devote ourselves when we're praying. You know, some of us, I find myself at night before I go to sleep, because sometimes I don't sleep well, I start to pray. I can tell you, as soon as I start to pray, I fall asleep. Okay, so that prayer is not a devotion to God. Okay, it isn't. I'm sorry, it isn't, but it certainly does put me to sleep, and I guess that might be Satan's way of uh, cutting off communication at night. So I have different times that I pray. Actually, I pray a lot. I pray a lot. I stop during the day, and I'm, my mind is immediately communing with God about things. And, and sometimes it's not the things that are happening right now. All of a sudden, I feel compelled to pray about someone or something. E.M. Bounds is quoted to, by saying, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed and a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. We should really think that way. And if we thought that way, 
we would pray more. And the more we pray, the more we're blessed. And the more we're, we pray, the more God reveals himself to us. And the more God reveals himself to us, the more power we use. Power's there already, but we're not using it. It just sits there. Prayer draws us closer to God. In prayer, we worship, confess our sins, bring our requests to God, and wait and listen for him to speak. In short, we enter deeply and directly into a relationship with God. Through communion with God, our hearts and minds will be changed to be more like our Lord, and we will grow to know his perfect will for our lives. This is so basic, but so hard for us to, to grasp, right? Men, married men, when you take your wife to a special place where there are no interruptions and you begin to talk with her spiritually, deeply, right, in love, is that conversation not amazing? Do you not find things in your wife that you didn't know before? And some of us have been married, and, we're, and I'm still finding things, <laughs> okay? Our, our wives, they surprise us, and they surprise us joyfully, you know? The same thing with God. It's the same thing with God. Romans says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So the more we pray, even when we start out praying, we're praying, oh Lord, do this for me. Oh Lord, I can't take this, do this for me. And then all of a sudden, as we mature, we're praying, Father, bless my wife and bless my children. And Lord, let me love my neighbor and let me have a kind heart always toward my neighbor. And it goes on. It gets bigger from there. Prayer is powerful. God not only hears our prayers, but he's acting on them. Our prayer requests bring about real change in the world and in the lives of the people we pray for. I am sure that you can attest to what I just said. I know that you people have prayed for someone or for something, and God has honored that prayer. God answers our prayers, okay? Yes, no, wait. <laughs> Martin Luther is quoted, prayer is a strong wall and a fortress of the church. It is a goodly Christian weapon. Prayer is a weapon. There's a, I can't remember the author. He's Oriental, Chinese, and he wrote a book on prayer. And he says, when you pray, whatever you pray is unleashed in heaven also. James says, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And if you go to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has a lot more to say about prayer. 
Prayer protects us. As a soldier, I have to say this. You know, you, you go out to a different country and the people there are not real happy with you being there. They want to, they want to kill you. And, and you pray for protection. I mean, I knew guys in, in the, an army that prayed to God. They never even knew God. But, but all of a sudden, they're afraid for their life. They're praying. Don't, don't let them take my life for whatever reason. We have an almighty God on our side. Jesus showed believers the importance of praying for protection and deliverance, okay? Jesus is always our model for uh, pleasing God. So, how do we pray? Pray always. We should live in a constant attitude of prayer. John MacArthur and author is quoted, and by the way, I don't, I don't know if you know John MacArthur, but everything he writes and everything he believes, I don't really conform to his uh, totalness, okay, in his beliefs. But he does believe in Jesus Christ, and he does believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. So he says, you live your life and experience of life with constant, close connection to the Lord and are drawn into his presence through everything. Through everything. Everything that we do in our life, we need to try to see God there. Because everything that happened to us, God is there. And if it's bad, God is there. If it's good, God is there. If, it doesn't, if it's just an everyday thing, God is there. But we need to personally seek and see him in it. First Thessalonians says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, and for this God's will for you in Christ is complete. Pray according to God's will. That's the hardest thing that we can do. And it had to be hard. Jesus is in Gethsemane, right? And it's just before his time to be crucified, and he's praying, Hey, Father, if you can take what's going to happen to me, Away, please take it away, but your will be done. And it was. A person in, in the hospital, and she's very sick, very sick. She has leukemia. And, and I don't know, some of you may have had leukemia and have survived. Leukemia is so painful, so painful. Every breath is difficult. And the family is outside, and they're praying to God, God, please save her. Make her well, right? We don't want to see her perish. And that's us telling God what we want. But we don't know what God's will is in this. He may heal this woman because we prayed that. Or he may take her into his presence. So let us be careful when we pray and make sure that we're praying according to God's will. In our request, we should keep the perspective that it is always if the Lord wills it. If the Lord wills it. He's still in charge and knows what's best for us and for others, right? So James says, come now, 
you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that, and we'll live here or we'll live there. We should pray in the Spirit. Every time you pray, come with an open heart, allowing God's Spirit in you to guide your prayers. It's important for us to come into prayer with the right mind and the right heart. And we should prepare because we do want the Spirit to move us and lead us into prayer. When we are inadequate, the Spirit knows exactly the right things to say. Haven't you ever been in a prayer and all of a sudden you just don't know what to say anymore? The prayer is super important to you, right? But you just don't know the right words to say. You can't, you can't get it. But the Spirit knows exactly what to say. And on your behalf, he passes that to the Father. Ephesians says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Romans says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us, groaning too deep for words. i got to tell you, uh, sometimes when I've been praying with George, he, he has a groan. Mm. And I believe that's the Spirit moving in George. Okay? He, he, as a human being, doesn't know what to say, but he lets the Spirit move him, and the Spirit intercedes for him. Ask in faith, and also for faith. When we pray, pray in faith, and then ask for faith. Faith may move mountains, but having this faith is often easier said than done. Do you agree with that, or am I alone in this? I find out sometimes I'm praying for something, I'm like, this can't happen. You know, it's just, not, it's just not reality. And that's when I have to kind of step back and say, God, help me with my unbelief, right? With that being said, the Gospel of Mark tells a story of a father who wanted to fully believe that Jesus would answer his request to heal his son. I hope you remember that story. The father cried out to Jesus, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Even though this man had difficulty with faith, Jesus healed his son. Because he confessed to Jesus, I, I got a problem, I, I'm not, I can't quite get around this. Jesus says, I, I hear you, I know you got a problem, I'm going to heal your son, okay? Like this father, we can pray for stronger faith. James says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. I have such a problem. This verse is me. You know, sometimes I find myself lacking faith and the wind blows this way and I'm over here and the wind blows that way and I'm over here and in between the waves are crashing over me 
almost in a panic. But when I pray to God and I ask him for faith, I find peace. Pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' death on the cross removed the sin block for all who believe. The lines of communication are now open for those who trust in Christ. This is what it means to pray in Jesus' name, for only through Jesus will prayers be heard by God. John says, Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. That's Jesus speaking. Pray with a clear mind and self-control. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of a sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. When we go to prayer, we're going to have to, we have to get ourselves ready, okay? And, and sometimes I think that's why they go, remember when you pray, find this secret room, go to a closet where nobody can get to you so that you can stop and clear your mind and focus on, on God, okay? And that's a good thing that we do that. But prayer is even more than that. Because you're going to be moved by the Spirit to pray in a split second, and you need to pray. When you feel the Spirit move you, pray. But don't forget that closet, because that's very important. Okay? That prayer in the closet, that prayer when we're alone, is that time, men, that I talked about just a few minutes ago, when you spend time with your wife alone together and, <laughs> and talk and communicate, that's the same type of thing with Christ. You are into a very, very deep relationship with him. And your mind is cleared, and you speak to him, and he speaks to you, and nothing else matters. Pray in agreement with other believers. Matthew says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three gather together in my name, I am there in their midst. So praying in a group is good. Praying in a group who are praying the same prayer and are motivated in the Spirit the same way is very, very good. And finally, keep on praying. Persevere as you wait for the Lord to answer. Pray and don't give up. Romans says, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. That's what we have to be. Again, E.M. Bounds is quoted saying, No learning can make up for the failure to pray. No earnestness, no diligence, no study, no gifts will supply its lack. Corey Tenboom says, Don't pray when you feel like it. Okay, and when do we feel like it? <laughs> when we want something. When we need something. When we're drowning, then we go to God as a last resort. Not a first resort, as a last resort. She says, have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. I wonder how many of us men are down on our knees when we pray sometimes. I know when I do it, I'm next to the bed because I need the bed to help me get back up again. But I do go down on my knees. And I wonder how many of us men could stand up right now and we could look at those pants 
and the knees would be worn on them. The who, what, when, and why of prayers in the Bible. Hmm. The Bible provides us with many examples of all kinds of people praying for all sorts of things in all imaginable situations. These examples show us that we can pray anytime, anywhere. So who prayed? And you've got that hand out there, but we'll go through it. Moses, a national leader. A, a child, Samuel. A military commander, Joshua. A weak man who was one strong, Samson. A childless wife, Hannah. The priests prayed. Foreigners from distant lands prayed. A man on his deathbed was praying. A prophet prayed. A king and a musician prayed. That would be David. A grieving man prayed, Jeremiah. A rebellious man prayed, Jonah. I love Jonah. That's another story, but I really love that story. It's great. And the frightened sailors with Jonah prayed. An elderly priest, Zechariah, prayed. A blind beggar, Barnabas, he prayed. Jesus' family, his brothers and mothers, prayed. The Son of God prayed. Seeking Gentile, Cornelius, prayed. The widows prayed. And worshipers in heaven pray. So why did they pray? Well, some were afraid for their life. Some felt betrayed by God. Some had sisters or brothers that were ill. The fear of enemy nations. Wanted revenge. Experienced a life-changing disaster. That could only be Job. I'm so thankful that God is not put that in my life. We were thankful for a child, Hannah. Saw God fulfill his promise, Solomon. Jehoshaphat, not knowing what to do. Elijah, couldn't go on anymore. He was done. All of the prophets had been killed off and he was next. And he was completely disheartened. And the list goes on and on. I'll mention one more thing. It's, we should be praying while awaiting the Lord's return. And if we didn't pray anything, for, anything else, it would be that, right? And what did they pray for? Abraham prayed to spare a wicked city. Moses prayed to God to find someone else other than him. Elijah prayed for a widow's son to be raised from the dead. Gideon prayed for a sign from God. David prayed for forgiveness for adultery and murder. Solomon prayed for wisdom. Jesus prayed for protection from Satan. So you cannot think of anything to pray for. If Jesus prayed for protection from Satan, equaling enemy, every day we could pray for that. Okay? Okay. Jesus was a hard target. We're kind of what our military would say is a soft target. Easy. Peter and John prayed for new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed for salvation of the Jews. Paul also prayed for the gospel to be spread. Again, this is not all of what has been prayed for in the Bible, just a very short sample and list.
Where did they pray? Think about that. Where do you pray? People prayed outdoors. Joshua prayed on the battlefield. Joshua played, prayed on the battlefield. Six. Solomon prayed at the altar. And this is still going on today with altar calls. When people come down to the altar and they kneel and they pray. Okay? Daniel prayed in his room. David speaks of praying in bed. Jonah prayed from the belly of a whale. Jesus prayed on a mountain, in a garden, in a home, and at the synagogue. It sounds like Jesus was praying all the time everywhere. Paul and Silas prayed in prison. Paul prayed from the house arrest in Rome. The disciples prayed on the beach. When did they pray? Psalms 119 and Acts 16 mention they prayed at midnight. Samuel prayed all through the night. Psalm 5 states that uh, they pray every morning. Psalm 55 says to pray at fixed times daily. Jesus was observed in the Gospel of Mark praying very early in the morning, if you remember. Peter prayed as his walk on the water went bad. He's walking on the water and all of a sudden he's not focused on Jesus anymore and he starts to sink. He's starting to pray really fast. What does he say? Save me! The thief on the cross with Jesus prayed while being crucified. We have a hard time praying daily, which our lives are not really that bad, but here's a guy that's nailed on the cross and getting ready to die and in the most pain you can imagine because the crucifixion was not an easy way to die. He's praying. Stephen was praying as he was being martyred. Can you imagine? He's standing out there, he's praying, and they're chucking rocks at him, and they kill him with rocks. Most of us pray during a period that's set apart for prayer. I hope that we do that. And as you can see, there's no set time for prayer. It should happen when the Spirit moves us. We should always look for a time to pray and set it apart for prayer and for prayer only. So how did they pray? David prayed while he was sitting. Solomon prayed while he was standing. Peter prayed while he was kneeling. Daniel prayed facing Jerusalem. The Bible tells us of prayer in whispers, in silence, or in a loud voice, praying with hands raised or your face on the ground. Some with tears and crying. Others prayed with joy. They prayed in groups or alone, and some prayed in unison. They prayed earnestly. Earnestly. Prayer is a person, it prepares personal for us. For each one of us, we'll have different reasons, different places, and different ways we pray. Our prayers will be in a different location, and we'll, we're each going to find a place to pray. And when we find it, then we have to act on it. So in conclusion, let's be confident that God hears all our prayers, no matter when, where, how, or what is prayed. All who believe in Jesus have equal access to God through 
Jesus. We pray to God because it draws us closer to God. Prayer is powerful because our God acts on prayers. Remember that. Prayer is powerful because God acts on that prayer. Another reason to to really think about what you're praying. Prayer puts the peace of God upon us in a time of tribulation. How many times have we cried out to God? And in that prayer, when it was over, nothing may have changed, but all of a sudden we have a peace about us that we can't even understand. Prayer protects us. If God is with us, who can be against us? And I'd like to give God's blessing on you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show his kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.